You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. Yesterday, the other day, uh, U.S. midterm. Uh, <laughs> you know, the one thing you know, you, you like, the one thing you got to give the U.S. credit for, they know how to do an election, or or maybe not, in the sense that it just. It just goes on and on and on. It starts uh, years in advance, and and then here we are. And 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 then when they're over, they just don't seem to want to end. Uh, the U.S. midterm uh, drama uh, sort of coming to an end. Uh, not as bad for uh, the Democrats, uh, and uh, certainly away from the Republicans. The Donald Trump factor doesn't seem to have had as much influence as one thought. Where are we after the U.S. midterms? Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, emeritus professor of political science, Carleton University. He's here now elliot as always thanks for the time i hope you're well uh good to be with you so what's your post-mortem here uh elliot i mean i know not everything's over yet there's still things the outstanding issues here but what are you what are your thoughts of where we where we are right now yes we're not ready for a post-mortem because this election is by no means over that's but, true uh, we, we we have kind of an interim report <laughs> uh, my interim report would really go back to um because of where we are today goes back to the last electoral cycle in 2020. The Democrats at that point had a nice bulge in the House, and they thought, we're going to increase the number of representatives in the House by another 13, 15, 18, maybe 20, and we're going to take over at least seven state governments, uh, which are all Republican-held, and they are the ones who set the redistricting and the gerrymandering potential that goes with it. The Democrats lost all of that, and they ended up with a mere five vote cushion in the House, and as you know, 50-50 in the Senate. And as a reminder, the entire House of Representatives is up for election uh, every two years, 435 seats, all of them, and a third of the Senate. That's uh, that's what we're talking about. The five, or, by being reduced to only a five-vote uh, majority in the House and 50-50 in the Senate, the Democrats got a lot done anyway, a major uh, uh, a surprising amount of uh, legislation got through in all kinds of areas, but uh, now we're in a situation where what was supposed to be a Republican wave or a tsunami, and there were, you know, President Obama lost 62 seats at this <laughs> in the House yeah, at the same yeah. stage. No, the Republicans are barely going to take the House, it looks like, at, uh, right now, and we are heading toward apparently a 50 50 Senate. We'll have to see. There's three races that will determine that. But the main takeaway is, uh, as you pointed out, the Americans know how to run an election. And that's what was proved this time. This election went smoothly. Uh, all the threats of violence that were there was certainly possible. didn't happen. The voting is going to be heavily scrutinized, <laughs> for sure. And that'll make it slow, so we don't have the results for a while. But it's worth it. Uh, democracy seems to have come through its stress test pretty well so far. So a win for the Democrats here is hanging on and stopping that that big wave from the Republicans that was predicted. How does that reflect on the Donald Trump factor? Is that the Donald Trump factor that petered out here? Yes, well, that was certainly one of the major stories coming so far out of this election is that Donald Trump personally imposed his will on the Republican Party. There is no Republican Party, actually. It's it's a mega party, Make America Great Party. Uh, He controls... uh, the, the affection and, and also the levers of power up and down throughout that party, it looked like. And he imposed a, a number of candidates saying, we want this one nominated in the Republican primary, 
my guy, my woman, my, my candidate is going to win, and his candidate over and over lost. Uh, and they lost not only where we could see them at the federal level very visibly, and at some of the state levels, but at the attorney general's level, uh, the attempt was made to put into place people who were overseeing the election, the governors and the attorneys general, and then, uh, of course, at the federal level. And there was a big failure there. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis had a major victory in Florida, the Republican rising star. So this morning's takeaways are in places like the Wall Street Journal, a very influential place. Donald Trump is a loser. We can't afford to stay with a loser. Uh, so are we at the point, and we've talked about this a lot uh, over the course of, of all of this, is uh, no, as a result of no wave, is, are, is the Republican Party now ready to move on? And again, as you mentioned, the big win for DeSantis in Florida. We have uh, an immediate way to test that. The, uh, Scott, the announcement that Donald Trump was about to make, that he is putting himself forward as the candidate the Republican nomination for president was going to happen next week. Now we'll have to see if he's going to go ahead with it. Apparently he was talked out of doing that before the midterms. Now, you know, the midterms are over. He's going to have this great red tsunami, all the successes behind him. He doesn't have that now. So keep an eye on that, whether he now says, yes, I still will run, in which case would the Republican Party actually go through an internal primary fight would DeSantis actually take on the former president who still commands the loyalty of so much of the party? That's going to be the big uh, thing to watch next week. Uh, it, 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 what happens in these untold races still, these these unfinished races? Yes. Is that really just letting him peter out, or does he honestly, if, if something falls in his favor, it could change everything for him? Well, you and I have been talking about this, I think, for at least four years now, will, yeah. will, will anything ever scratch Teflon Don? And so far the answer has been nothing's touched him, absolutely nothing. The Me Too movement and mm. uh, all the other, you know, he's impeached twice, uh, not convicted, but uh, articles of impeachment. There, so far he's not been touchable. We'll have to see if being tagged as a loser will finally be what makes it happen. Uh, clearly the abortion issue is not going to affect him. Herschel Walker's doing... Um, very well in Georgia, uh, into a runoff. In terms of the, who's going to dominate in, in the future, the very narrow victory for the Republicans, which is likely in the House, does give them all the subpoena power, all the, all the committee chairs. They can make uh, Joe Biden's life a, a real misery going forward and stymie all of his, all of his uh, legislative agenda. But uh, we aren't sure that Every Republican will go along with that, since America has clearly indicated in this election they're tired of the um, the bombast and the drama. What they want now is, you know, they want people who will govern. Um, that's the, one of the takeaways you can make from this, that centrist, party centrist, people who went and the Democrats finally, finally got their act together to say, we actually have accomplishments that have helped you. They were able to demonstrate that, apparently, in the electoral process. I've been looking for it for the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> so that people were saying, oh, what's he done for us? And, I, you know, there was a lot, but it, the Democrats were very poor at communicating. They got better at it. So it's still a very divided country, 
but it's not one that at the moment is teetering on the brink of violence as a result of an election, and that's good news. Yeah, it seems to be simmering down a bit, just a bit. Uh, Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Always fun, Elliot. Thanks for the time. Be well. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Always good to talk to you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.